On today's episode, the Chicago Blackhawks picked up a pair of victories over the weekend, a real surprise, I know, behind a pair of standout performances from Lucas Reichel and Alex Stalock. I'll break all of that down and plenty more right here on Locked On Blackhawks. Your Locked On Blackhawks, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Blackhawks podcast. Today is Monday, January 9th. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can find me out on Twitter at JackBushman2, or you can also go and check out my Strictly Blackhawks account at Talk and Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. And real quick, if you're listening to the audio version of today's episode and you like what you're hearing, then please make sure to go and show some support first by following the podcast can also go and leave me a review if you want to as well, which I also greatly appreciate. And the best part about it all is that it's 100% for free wherever you may be listening to your podcast. So make sure to go and do that right now. And also make sure to go and leave me a review so you can have a chance to win two free tickets to a Blackhawks game here in the second half of the season. All you need to do to be eligible is you need to leave me a review on either Apple Podcasts or on Spotify. And in that review, Make sure to leave the name of your YouTube channel because you also have to be subscribed to Locked On Blackhawks on YouTube in order to win. So if I go in, see your review, I choose you as the winner and go and check on YouTube to see if you're subscribed and you're not, then I'm going to go and choose another winner. You got to do both to be eligible to win. So make sure to do that. Every episode from here on out, folks, is going to have a video uploaded to YouTube. I'm sure you've all heard that a million times by now. So make sure to go and show some support and subscribe to the channel. I really would appreciate it. Only takes two seconds. It's 100% for free, and it really does help me out tremendously. And while you're there, make sure to smash the like button down below on today's video. And last, go and ring the bell. Turn on those push notifications, and that way you can get notified when the episode gets uploaded to YouTube each and every day. All right, good morning, everyone. Enough of that. Thank you all for joining me on another episode of Lockdown Blackhawks, your one-stop shop for all things Chicago Blackhawks. And thank you all, as always, for making the show your very first listen here each and every day. Kicking things off this morning, it was uh, quite the eventful weekend for the Chicago Blackhawks. Two games at the United Center, one on Friday night. The first meeting of the season against the Arizona Coyotes, and then the other coming on Sunday against the Calgary Flames. And how about this, Blackhawks fans? The Hawks actually won them both. Yes, you heard me right. The Blackhawks have won two consecutive games. First time that's happened since late October, believe it or not, uh, where things were, you know, looking uh, much better than they were right now. The Blackhawks. That was during their 4-2-0 stretch to open up the season. Yeah, it's been a tough ride for this team ever since then. Uh, but nice to see the Blackhawks pick up a pair of victories in front of pretty full crowds at the United Center, which has certainly taken me by surprise this year. Uh, I did not think the UC was going to be as full as it, it has been for the majority of the games. I think there were some in uh, November. There was one I remember I was at against the New York Islanders. It was the deadest I had ever seen the crowd. And I was like, oh boy, we might be in for a lot more of these throughout the regular season, especially 
with the team trending in the wrong direction. But kudos to all you Blackhawks fans, the best fans in all of hockey, for continuously showing up at the United Center despite the team being an absolute dumpster fire. Uh, I think everyone has kind of gotten the memo that this could be Jonathan Taves and Patrick Kane. Um, could be some of their last games in a Blackhawks sweater at the UC. I think everyone's kind of gotten that memo and is uh, heading down there as much as possible because other than that, don't really have an explanation uh, for why the UC has been uh, filled so much so consistently other than, of course, us being the best fans in the entire world. Um, but nice to see the fans get rewarded for coming out over the weekend to support their team with two victories from the Chicago Blackhawks. But getting into the first matchup over the weekend against the Arizona Coyotes, uh, of course, the real big storyline, there was a couple leading into this game, but the main one was Patrick Kane being out with an injury. The first time he had actually missed a game with an injury since he uh, fractured his collarbone back in 2015, which, you know, I, I don't like saying this, but sadly that wound up being a good thing for the Blackhawks because they want the old Tampa Bay Lightning method. They were actually the OGs of the Tampa Bay Lightning method. They threw Patrick Kane on injured reserve, freed up a ton of cap space. They were able to add Antoine Vermette, <laughs> who made a heck of a difference throughout that postseason run. So not, not saying it was a good thing that Patrick Kane got hurt, uh, but kind of needed to happen for the Blackhawks to have that financial wiggle room down the stretch. But anyways, yeah, a rarity that Patrick Kane misses games due to an injury. Um, but just kind of, I think, the wise decision here, not being 100%, the Blackhawks are terrible. Uh, it's not like they have really anything to play for. I know the players want to go out and win each and every night. There's no tanking on a player level, but it's certainly not the end of the world if Patrick Kane was to miss a couple of games here in January because he's a little dinged up. Not the end of the world. Um, so that was kind of the big storyline coming into this one. The other was Lucas Reichel and Brett Sini both being in the lineup after recently getting recalled from Rockford. And Reichel, as I did expect and mention on the preview show on Friday morning, he did wind up starting on the top line with Philip Kurashev and Max Domi, while Brett Sini opened up on the third line with Andres Athanasiu and Jason Dickinson. And I also talked in that preview show on Friday about how uh, while I didn't necessarily need to see a win out of the Chicago Blackhawks on Friday night, I certainly would like to have seen um, some progression, some some better play, some more consistency against one of the fellow bottom feeders in the entire NHL and the Arizona Coyotes, and also one of the worst road teams in the entire league as well. Because the Blackhawks, well, yes, it is good for their long-term plans to be losing to a team like the Columbus Blue Jackets, who's right there in the mix for the Connor Bedard standings, and the San Jose Sharks, who are right there as well. Yes, I absolutely get that. But there are some times throughout the course of a season, even this season, where, as I've mentioned several times, it's just kind of a filler and something that has to happen. Blackhawks don't really care about the results. They want it to be as bad as possible, yes, uh, but... In a year like this, there still are moments where you want to see some progression. And, and you know, having a first-year coach in Luke Richardson, obviously I, I think he's, you know, it, it was going to be tough for him to lead this team to victory, being a first-year head coach, having this team uh, in, in front of him, and obviously the expectations for this team were to be among the worst in the NHL. I, I don't think he's had to answer for many things, and I've said it several times too. I, I don't think 
any Blackhawks fans or, or anyone that covers this team is placing the blame on Luke Richardson. No, this was, I, I think, going to happen regardless of who you had as the head coach. But there are some moments against teams, you know, like the Columbuses and the San Jose's and on Friday against the Arizonas, where you want to see the Blackhawks at least have some signs of life show some sort of progression throughout the way. Um, so I thought that was really big to see um, in this game on Friday night. And that's, you know, kind of what happened. One of the most, one of the steadiest, most complete 60 minute efforts out of the Blackhawks this season. They held Arizona to only 22 shots on goal. Uh, they only gave up eight high danger chances at five on five. It looked like it was kind of going to be um, a gross game on our hands for the Blackhawks defense once again after how the game started. Nick Bukestad had a breakaway literally like 10 seconds in. Um, but but after kind of a shaky start, the Blackhawks really found their stride early and kind of never let their foot off the pedal, which to me was the most impressive part. They did it throughout the course of the game, even late when um, Arizona was only trailing by one and they had their goaltender pulled for the extra attacker. Blackhawks didn't really give all that much, so I was really happy to see this type of defensive effort uh, out of the Blackhawks. The only critique I think I had is while they had control of this game most of the night, they didn't really take advantage of their puck possession or you know the amount of control time that they had. And Connor Ingram was in net for the Coyotes, who had not been good at all this year. To only beat him once kind of was a bit disappointing. That was my only critique I had on the night, though. A really solid 2-0 victory here by the Blackhawks. Alex Stalock in net, picking up his first shutout and also the team's first shutout of the year. Stopped all 22 shots that he faced. And Stalock just continues to take advantage of the opportunity that he's gotten here in Chicago when healthy. And he's pretty clearly emerged as the starter over Peter Morazic at this point. Uh, Stalock also went on to get the start on Sunday against the Calgary Flames too, but nice to see him, you know, just consistently churning out good start after good start. He's consistently been awesome for this Blackhawks team when healthy. Like, I, I, I know he obviously missed a month and a lot of his work came earlier on in the season, but I can't even really recall Alex Stalock having a bad start. I think he had one against the Seattle Kraken way back in October, I believe he was the one in net for that game. Don't quote me on that. Uh, but other than that, even when the Blackhawks are kind of getting peppered, um, like we saw on Sunday against the Flames, I'll get into that more in just a second here. Uh, he, he's really just been sturdy, and every night, essentially, he's given the Blackhawks at least an opportunity to kind of hang around. He hasn't been to blame in any of his starts, I don't think, and He's just been really solid. I really enjoy watching Alex Stalock play. He's a lot of fun. I've referenced and called him a breath of fresh air several times throughout the course of the season, and it's just fun to watch him play. Kind of serves as an extra defenseman, never nervous to play the puck. Uh, he'll stand up for his guys. He communicates really well. You can hear him talking to the players out there, and uh, some of the guys have said that they, they enjoy how he's able to communicate out on the ice. And, yeah. Just really good stuff out of Alex Stalock once again on Friday night to pick up his first shutout of the season. And with his play being so strong as of late, you got to wonder uh, if, you know, there are going to be some teams hitting up the Blackhawks front office about him here in the next couple of months. The other big storyline that I have to mention from this game real quick before we head into our next segment was, well, 
first, I got to talk about Lucas Reichel. Absolutely buzzing right out of the gate. His first few shifts of the night, I'm still not sure how the Blackhawks didn't wind up finding the back of the net. It was pretty clear that he was um, just way more confident. I thought his speed, you know, he looked as good as we had ever seen him uh, in any of his NHL games thus far. The skating, the skill set, the speed, the creativity, it was all on display in the opening 20 minutes and also a couple more times throughout the course of the game. Uh, I really just thought he, there was no hesitation in his game for the first time to me. I thought that was noticeable. Like he just had his mind made up about how he was going to go about things. There wasn't any, you know, guesswork involved. He just looked confident and sure of himself. And um, as most of you fans already know, uh, he followed that up with another massive performance on Sunday which I'll talk about here in just a second. But uh, as Luke Richardson put it after the game at the time, certainly the best that Lucas Reichel had looked in the NHL so far this year. The other main storyline from Friday's victory was Jake McCabe continuing to play well, uh, despite the Blackhawks being absolutely terrible. Um, He wound up having a monster performance. McCabe wound up with the game-winning goal, his second of the season, an absolute rifle from the blue line for the GWG. And he also had five shots on goal, three blocks, and three hits. Just a really standout game from McCabe. I don't want to say this was like a coming out party for him or anything because he quietly has done things like this all season long, except for the game-winning goal part. Um, But, you know, kind of coming with that GWG is some of the recognition that I feel like he's, he's deserved throughout the entirety of the season. He's just been really sturdy, really consistent for the Blackhawks. I mean, being a plus in the plus minus department, I know that's not a a very meaningful stat, but in this circumstance, on this poor of a Blackhawks team, it definitely is that Jake McCabe is a plus. Um, And ever since he's been paired up with Seth Jones, that that top pairing has looked really sharp. Uh, I know what a concept that the Blackhawks have found here in the uh, right near the midway point, pairing up your two best defensemen together uh, probably should have been doing that the entire time, but nice to see them finally have something established on that top D pairing after Jack Johnson was there for some reason to open up the year. Um, but yeah, it was cool to see McCabe kind of get this record recognition, get the post-game interview, uh, and now everyone seems to be talking about him. And shout out to Mario Tirabassi over at CHGO Blackhawks for starting the Vote McCabe movement. Let's get Jake McCabe into the All-Star Game, Blackhawks fans, because He really is the only guy who does deserve it on the roster right now. That's not to throw a shot at Seth Jones. I think even he recognizes that uh, he only got voted because someone has to represent each and every team across the NHL. But I really do think Jake McCabe, if there's anyone that's been playing at an all-star caliber on this Blackhawks roster, it's probably been Jake McCabe. I I guess you could argue Alex Stalock too, but probably not enough of a body of work. Um, I don't know. He's been really good. I I think McCabe has been the best Blackhawk this season, though, in my opinion. So for all you fans out there, make sure to go and vote Jake McCabe to the NHL All-Star Game. You can either do so on Twitter. They're actually counting the Twitter vote this year. Or you can also go and do that at NHL.com. Great to see McCabe have a monster night on Friday to lead the Blackhawks to victory. All right, there are my thoughts on the Blackhawks win over the Coyotes on Friday night. Coming up in just a moment. I will get into Lucas Reichel's mammoth performance on Sunday against the Calgary Flames. But first, I do need to talk to you all about Bilt Bar, which is a protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. 
Are you looking for a delicious treat but don't want all of the fat and calories? Well, then you got to try Built Bar. We just got through the holidays, and I know my goal is to eat a little bit healthier here in 2023. And if you're like me, you want to eat healthier but don't want to compromise the taste, then I've got just the thing for you. You got to try Built Bar. With Built, healthy is actually tasty. Seriously, they're so delicious, you won't think they're good for you. And they're perfect for your New Year's resolution. What makes Built so good, you ask? Well, for starters, they're covered in 100% real chocolate, and they come in unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, and coconut almond. Plus, they only have 130 calories, just 4 grams of sugar, and a whopping 17 grams of protein in each bar. And now you don't even need to wait around to get a box. For years, we've been telling you to order your Built Bars through Built.com, but now you can get them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club. That's right. Head to Walmart or head to Sam's Club today. Walk to the pharmacy section, and you can grab yourself a box of Built Bars. You can pick up a four-bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate, or coconut puffs. You can thank me later. Make sure to go and check out Built Bar just a protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. Back here on the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast. Real quick, just wanted to say thanks again to everyone for making the show your very first listen here each and every day. Now for your second listen, make sure you go and check out Lockdown NHL Prospects, which is a very relevant podcast for us Blackhawks fans. This is your daily podcast covering the next generation of superstars leading up to the 2023 NHL draft. Plus, you can get NHL draft rankings and top prospect comparisons for every single team. So make sure to check out Lockdown NHL Prospects, which is available on this app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, segment two, getting right into it, Blackhawks fans. Lucas Reichel is here. Wow. Last night was the most fulfilling game I think I've watched in years for this Chicago Blackhawks team. Full-on Squidward future gifts after seeing what Lucas Reichel did last night. I really couldn't be more excited about this kid's future after what we saw in both games this weekend, actually. Uh, And yeah, most certainly the happiest I've been with this team in quite some time because right out of the gate, Lucas Reichel was a man on a mission, on a mission to get that first career NHL goal, get that monkey off his back. It only took him two and a half minutes to do so as Reichel redirected Seth Jones' shot from the point, deflected it on goal, and then followed up his own rebound through his legs to pick up his first NHL goal. Finally, really uh, nice little maneuver there. I didn't even catch it at first that Reichel went through his legs, uh, but he did. Heck of a way to pick up his first NHL goal. A big moment there. Awesome to see Seth Jones go and retrieve the puck out of the net for the kid. Cool to see Reichel do it in front of the home fans at the UC as well. You saw him hit the big celly. You knew that one meant a lot to him. Uh, in the first of many for good old number 27 in a Blackhawks sweater. He looked awesome right out of the gate. Uh, Seth Jones, by the way, also extended his point streak to three games with the assist on that play. I wanted to make sure to squeeze in there. Um, but Lucas Reichel wasn't even close to being done, Blackhawks fans. He was absolutely buzzing all night 
long. He was the best player on the ice for either side, in my opinion. And the scorecard certainly reflected that. Uh, but after the Blackhawks took a two to one lead to start the second period, quick shout out to Colin Blackwell also for picking up his first goal as a member of the Chicago Blackhawks was a night of firsts at the United Center, I guess. Only took Blackwell 33 games to finally get on the board. He's definitely been a di- bit disappointing since the Blackhawks signed him. I know this is an offensively challenged bunch, but Colin Blackwell was someone who, in a bottom six role in a couple of different spots in his career, had had some success in the goal scoring department, and I really thought was going to be a big addition to the bottom six. Maybe not, you know, helping this Blackhawks team win games, but at least chipping in for goals every now and then. Just hasn't been the case so far in the first half of the season. Nice to see Blackwell finally find the back of the net. Put the Blackhawks up 2-1 to one after the opening 20 minutes. And then in the opening minute of the second period, Lucas Reichel on a two-on-one with Philip Kurashev. A beautiful no-look pass to find Phil the thrill for his sixth goal of the season, snapping an eight-game point streak. Uh, couldn't have been a more perfect play from Reichel. Fake shot. I think it fooled uh, Jacob Markstrom, who was in that at the time for Calgary, he wound up getting pulled after this goal, which was um, kind of used as a momentum changer, I believe, by Daryl Sutter on the bench for the Flames. Not more so uh, a result of Markstrom's play, just trying to get the boys going. Regardless, Lucas Reichel, a beautiful no-look pass on a two-on-one, sold the shot, dishes it over to Kershev, and he put it in uh, uh, into the yawning cage to extend the Blackhawks lead to two. Second point of the game for Reichel. Uh, after that, Suter's goaltender change actually wound up working for Calgary. Uh, they really took control of the game from here on out. They managed to tie it up um, three to three with two consecutive goals. They had all the momentum in their favor. The game fortunately got into overtime for Chicago thanks to another sturdy performance from Alex Stalock in net. Uh, He wound up saving 44 of the 47 shots that he faced. The Blackhawks certainly got outpossessed for the large portion of the final 40 minutes, uh, but the game found its way into overtime. The Hawks' first OT game since uh, Kirby Dock had the shootout winner for the Montreal Canadiens. Boy, wasn't that fun. Uh, And early into overtime, who else but the kid? But number 27, Lucas Reichel set up Max Domi for the game-winning goal. Third point of the game for Lucas Reichel to lead the Blackhawks to victory. Domi picks up his team-high 12th goal of the season, also extending his point streak to three games. And the Blackhawks have won two games in a row, baby, for the first time since late October. They moved to 10-25-4 on the season. And hey, I know two victories in a row probably has some Blackhawks fans out there upset. Don't worry. We're still first in the counter Bedard standings. And more importantly, Lucas Reichel has officially arrived. Listen, there are going to be some wins throughout the course of the season. There are probably not going to be many. The Blackhawks have 10, and we're right there uh, up against the midway point of the season. But we also saw wins recently from Anaheim, San Jose. It's okay. The teams that we're super close with, they've been winning recently also. Put that to the side and enjoy something for two seconds because Lucas Reichel has arrived, Blackhawks fans. After the game, Coach Luke Richardson sure made it sound like Reichel is going to be sticking around for the time being. 
Now, he didn't say that this is going to be a permanent thing or or anything along those lines, but they're for sure going to give him the opportunity to prove that he can be a full-time NHLer. And based on what we saw these last two games, um, yeah, it's been pretty clear at this point to me. Reichel's looked better, faster, more confident than ever in a Blackhawks sweater, and I really do think he's going to be sticking around for the long haul, folks. Regardless of Patrick Kane's injury status, it just feels like um, Reichel, we've been watching this Blackhawks team all season long. How many guys inside the top six, other than Patrick Kane, have looked that good all year long? We've maybe seen it you know, once or twice from Andreas Athanasiu. Max Domi, to his credit, has looked good, but not as a playmaker like that. I don't think he's been buzzing like Lucas Reichel. The kid just, to me, he, he looks ready. It just feels like it's time for, for Reichel to shed that prospect tag from his name at this point after what we saw this weekend. Um, and as for whether or not this is the right decision, look, I'm sure it wasn't easy for the front office to come to this conclusion because I've talked about it a ton throughout the course of the year. It's been very, very clear and obvious that the front office values what they have going on in Rockford right now, maybe even a little bit too much, if I'm being honest. Um, but if Reichel is playing like this, I, I just, you know, if, if he's the best player on the ice, which I thought he was on Friday against Arizona, other than maybe Jake McCabe, Lucas Reichel was probably the best Blackhawk that night. And then a three-point game to lead the Blackhawks to victory, having an impact essentially each and every shift. I mean, even with Patrick Kane, I, I don't want to say this, and I don't want to make it sound like that. But even with Patrick Kane, when was the last time the Blackhawks' top line was buzzing like that? I mean, they had an incredible night offensively against the Calgary Flames, who are no slouch defensively. It was a really impressive performance from Lucas Reichel. If he's performing like that, being the best player on the ice, I just don't see how you can send him down. You just can't in my mind. So I do think this is the correct decision for from Kyle Davidson. And I also think it's wise to say that this shouldn't be permanent because Blackhawks fans, if there's one thing I've learned by covering this team day in and day out, it's that things and storylines can change in a hurry. Like Jake McCabe, I talked about it earlier, having a, a really solid season quietly for the Blackhawks, been consistently one of the few players that has actually been good this year. And now he has, you know, kind of a the game-winning goal, um, a, a really big night, kind of gets his shining moment, if you will, in a Blackhawks first half that hasn't had very many of those. Now everyone's talking about Jake McCabe. Uh, Storylines can just change in a hurry, and your mindset on a certain player can change very fast. Now, would I love for Lucas Reichel to continue doing what he's done the last two games? Absolutely. Is there probably going to be some hiccups along the way for this 19, 20-year-old kid? Undoubtedly. So I like the decision from Luke Richardson and from Kyle Davidson to say, this isn't permanent, but we're going to let the kids showcase his stuff. I feel confident that he's going to leave this front office with no doubt. That's also something I referenced on the show here recently. Reichel said when he got here, he was going to try and make this decision as hard as he could on the front office. And he's done exactly that with his performance in the last two games. So if he continues to play like this, yeah, he's going to leave no doubt. But I do think it was the right decision to not say, absolutely, he's here to stay. It's still a kind of we'll see thing. Um, but everyone knows if Reichel keeps this up, he's going to be staying in the NHL and is 
probably not headed down to Rockford again. Um, but an absolute stunning performance from Reichel last night to lead the Blackhawks to victory over Calgary Flames. Another solid performance as well on Friday. He's been nothing short of terrific. And uh, how could you not be excited about the future of Lucas Reichel after what we saw this weekend? He was phenomenal. Before I wrap up the show today, folks, can't forget about our weekly Mailbag Monday fan segment, of course, where I answer a question from a couple of lucky listeners right here on Lockdown Blackhawks. For those of you listening still at this point of the episode, let me just say I really appreciate the support. Thank you very much. Uh, but also, if you're still listening to this, you like hearing me answer questions live on the show, then make sure to reach out with your questions. I didn't really get all that much again here this week, which is a little bit disappointing. I'm not going to lie. I, I weekly get several questions uh, from from the listeners out there. I, I don't know what's been the cause the last few weeks, but I would really like to see more questions being sent in. So let's try to ramp those up a little bit more. Hit me up on at Talking Hockey at Jack Bushman too. You can DM me on any one of my accounts. You can email lockdownblackhawks at gmail.com. Check out the show on Instagram at capital L, capital O, Blackhawks. Send me some messages. I want to answer your questions here live on the show, and we just haven't gotten enough the last couple of weeks, so let's try to ramp those back up. But the first question I wanted to answer today comes from Ian Yoltley on Twitter. Ian, thank you very much for reaching out with your question. Ian asked, which prospect can we expect to see next up in Chicago? Really good question. Um, I think there's a couple of guys. Cole Gutman is one of the forwards that a lot of people have been itching to see up in the NHL, kind of uh, had a really solid prospect development camp for the Blackhawks, looked good in the preseason and in training camp. Kind of surprised that we haven't seen him at this point yet because he's been solid for the most part with the Ice Hogs and is off to a good start to his first professional season. So uh, considering the Blackhawks have struggled offensively, they've called up Brett Sini recently, I think. Uh, Cole Gutman is the next forward to get recalled. On the defensive side of things, it's going to be interesting. Um, I just don't know if the Blackhawks are going to recall another defenseman until someone gets moved. Um, because Isaac Phillips, while well, he's been scratched the last two games, which I just absolutely do not understand. Why are we scratching Isaac Phillips? If he's here, play him. What are we doing? One of the only gripes I've had with Luke Richardson and the front office this season is how they've handled these young defensemen. Jack Johnson shouldn't be playing every game, okay? The dude stinks, but it's not even about his play. It's about what we're trying to accomplish here. I've said it a million times. I'm done getting frustrated with it. Um, but I still don't think a defenseman gets called up unless, you know, Phillips or Mitchell have a, a poor stretch of play or something along those lines. I certainly hope that's not the case. I really like both of these guys. And Mitchell, what do you know? You know, you give him consistent action. You let him play in a few games in a row. He's been pretty good. So keep Ian Mitchell in the lineup. We should be playing him and Isaac Phillips. But I, I would expect in the second half of the season, we'll probably see Regula again. Uh, we'll probably see Vlasic. think... Jakob Galvis, someone who's on an expiring contract right now, is certainly worth a call-up because, you know, he didn't get a ton of NHL action last year. But when he did, I thought he was really sturdy in one of the bright spots on the Blackhawks' blue line. So I would certainly like to see more of Jakob Galvis at the NHL level before the Blackhawks make a decision on him one way or the other. 
Um, but yeah, I'd probably expect Cole Gutman, maybe Buddy Robinson, uh, depending on how things are going for Rockford and, you know, Lucas Reichel's status also kind of makes an impact on that decision as well. But I think those are kind of the guys we can expect to see get a call up here at some point in the near future. Second question I'm going to answer today comes from Mark K on Instagram, who asked, what have you thought of the coach so far? I know the team is bad, but it feels like they do mail it in a lot. Wondering your thoughts on this. Thanks. Yeah, it's tough to gauge exactly what kind of coach Luke Richardson is thus far. I talked about it already earlier on the episode. I don't think anyone can really say he's the issue at hand and he's the reason the Blackhawks are losing. Now he's kind of been dealt with a bad hand in terms of the roster that he can play. Um, but there have been times, certainly the the lineup decisions. I don't know if, you know, he's hearing this from the front office or if he's coming to these conclusions on his own. Jack Johnson's played every game for the Blackhawks this season. I don't know why that's the case. Um, that's been a gripe of mine. The other has been, yeah, against some of, you know, the lesser talented teams in the NHL. Blackhawks haven't looked very good. And Listen, if they're playing even semi-decent hockey teams, I don't expect much out of this team. But when you're playing fellow bottom feeders, I expect you to at least look alive. And on New Year's Eve against Columbus, they looked terrible. On Even in the final 40 minutes on New Year's Day against San Jose, it was brutal. Um, nice to see them respond positively with a, a, a really solid 60-minute effort against Arizona. But I still think we need to see that continuously against the lesser talented teams down the stretch of the season. But in all actuality, we probably won't know what kind of coach Luke Richardson is or even what kind of general manager Kyle Davidson is for, you know, two, three years down the road. Um, I do think that next year is going to be, every year that passes is going to be more and more important for each of those two. So Richardson really does kind of get a pass on this season in general. Um, So yeah, the jury is still out on both Davidson and Richardson. I like what I've seen so far, um, but they still have a ways to go before they get the full trust and confidence, I think, from all of us Blackhawks fans that this team is headed in the right direction. Sure, they're off to a good start, and particularly Davidson, I think, has made promising moves for Richardson. We just can't really tell yet because the team in front of them is so bad. Um, But for both guys, only time is going to tell, unfortunately. I know that's the boring answer. It's the reality of the situation with the Blackhawks. Uh, not having the talent to be good enough to compete night in and night out. I don't think you can really judge Luke Richardson um, at all, really, for what the Blackhawks do as a team this season. All right, folks, I think that is going to wrap up Monday, January 9th episode of Lockdown Blackhawks. Make sure if you're not already to go and follow the show for free right now, wherever you get your podcasts, and also go and subscribe on YouTube you'll be able to get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day. Thanks again for making Lockdown Blackhawks your first listen here today. For your second listen, make sure to go and check out Lockdown Sports today. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts that only Lockdown can provide. Lockdown Sports today, available on this app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Once again, thank you all for tuning into today's episode. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can find me out on Twitter at JackBushman2, or you can also go and check out my Strictly Blackhawks account at Talkin' Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. So until tomorrow's episode, 
Thanks again for tuning into the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.